Hi, my name is Cassandra Mulcahy. I'm a board-certified music therapist and the creatrix behind The Sound of Wishes. The Sound of Wishes is a music project that uses sound and songs to explore different healing approaches and different theories and concepts behind health and wellness. I'm going to cover anything from anxieties and fears to hopes and dreams and the whole spectrum in between with both mind, body, and spirit from a lens of play and music and sound. So today we're going to explore a little bit about what music therapy exactly is. There, I'm sure, are going to be a lot of questions as this podcast emerges regarding what what is music therapy? What can it do for me? Um, so we all know that music is certainly therapeutic. We all have those songs that remind us of those beautiful moments of our lives, those songs that remind us of the weddings we went to, of our first love, of our, um, of our parents growing up, of our siblings, of our best friends on vacation. We all have those really, really close connections to song and sound. Um, conversely, music also brings up a lot of trauma, too. If we have been abused, we have those songs that transport us back to that space of negativity. If there's been a loss in our life, we have songs that remind us of that as well. So music can be a really powerful way to tap into our emotions, to tap into our memories, to tap into our experiences, um, to to recreate um, and rewrite memories, rewrite our narratives. Um, but for right now, we're going to just explore what music therapy is as a profession. Um, just to, to clarify the difference between music as a therapeutic modality and a therapeutic method and music as therapy. To really quantify what music therapy is, we are going to assume that therapy is anything with a licensed or registered or certified therapist. So therapy is really the relationship that you engage in when you're experiencing healing. And of course, we have that relationship with music through these memories and experiences. But we also have the relationship with another person who can act as a guide to, to bring us, to walk us through, through experiences and emotions, through um, reconfigurations of ourself. And that's really the difference between what is therapeutic and what is therapy. I mean, everything can be therapeutic. Woods can be therapeutic. Going out in nature, going to the beach, spending time with animals, it's all therapeutic. But therapy is really when we intentionally engage in a relationship with another human being to evoke change. Okay, so that being said, um, music therapy is really supported in the, I'm from the United States, so in the United States, music therapy is a board certification that you need to achieve. And we'll talk about the requirements for that in a little bit. But what music therapy is as a whole is it's a clinical and evidence-based use of music interventions to um, meet and achieve individualized goals within that therapeutic relationship by a credentialed professional who has completed a music therapy program that's been approved and monitored by the American Music Therapy Associations. Uh, music therapists, we help people with a variety of needs um, with 
with goals such as physical goals, communication goals, emotional goals, social and spiritual goals. And we work in a wide variety of settings, such as in schools, homes, uh, nursing homes. We work in private practice. We work in hospitals. We work in rehabilitation settings. We work in, um, in conferences. We work all over the place in a lot of different settings. Um, so we, we really serve a variety of people. Um, we serve mental health, we serve the medical community, we work in hospice, we work in schools, again we work in homes, um, we work with people who are anywhere on the spectrum of just being born and need a little bit of extra support or nurturance um, to people who are dying. So music therapy, music therapists really serve the entire spectrum of life. Music touches us throughout all those spectrums of life, so of course there is room for music therapists to help kind of accompany. It's really kind of the key word as music therapist. What we learn in our training is primarily instrumentally, we really focus on guitar and piano. So we really work on accompanying other people through those shifts in life, through those transitions in life. So we accompany with the music, whatever people need. So what do we do as music therapists? We have a variety of, of interventions we call, of, you, you might call them activities or experiences. Um, and what we might do is we might do things with improvisation. We might create music on the spot with a variety of instruments, with that guitar, with that piano, but also with percussion, with voice, with traditional and non-traditional healing music. What we will do our very best is to help patients connect to tools that will help them on their journey in the moment. Sometimes it's just receiving music, but in a lot of cases, improvising and helping people create music can be really, really beneficial for them. So improvisation is one method. Another method is recreative music. So we might be taking the patient's favorite songs or... Um, or favorite instruments, and we might be recreating songs. So it might be picking up the guitar and saying, hey, I know that song, Lean On Me, let's sing it together. And then you create a whole different version, a whole different experience of that song with the patients. So another recreation, recreating music. So another intervention that we might use is composition, where we're composing music. Sometimes, again, it's kind of more... Improvisatory, so we're creating music and improvising on the spot. But it could also be, you know, carefully plotting out. Let's let's journal about this. Let's write about this. Let's use words, put them down on paper, or create it spontaneously in in the moment and and make a composition, build something. We might record with the patient. We might serve as their producer, engineer to help them clarify what their musical intentions are, what their lyrical intentions are, to help them build a narrative that's empowering and build a story, build a recreation of their experience in a way that might help them transform and shift or that might hold them in a space where they can really explore what they're feeling, what they're experiencing. So often in our world today, especially in the culture of the United States, we expect a quick fix 
we expect that things are going to be quickly remedied and that we can take a pill and poof, have it all done. Um, have it all taken care of, have it all healed. So composition allows us that, composition or any of these interventions really allows us the space to, um, oh, excuse my, my barking dog who is alarmed by something. You might hear her from time to time on the podcast. That's Mojo. <laughs> but, um, but composition allows us that space either to, to transform what we're experiencing and going through or it allows us that space to sit with what we are experiencing. Um, sometimes just taking that time and that moment and being able to flush out Flush out that memory, flush out that experience, and really process it through song can be tremendously transformative and powerful. So then another broad category of music therapy interventions is receptive. So we're receiving things. Um, and that's so comfortable for people who are, who are uncomfortable with playing music, who are uncomfortable with creating. Receptive is a good place to start because what it entails is you sitting there and just becoming serenaded or, or engaging in a relaxation where the therapist is the guide, where the therapist might play a relaxing song for you, might walk you through a guided relaxation experience or meditation. Um, so if you can imagine other ways that you might receive music, that's, that's what receptive is. Um, so that's a little bit on our... Um, on our different methodologies and, and different approaches as far as our interventions. Um, so what, what is a music therapist? What, how, do we, how do we become these magical beings? And there's a, there's a, uh, there, there's a whole, we have people who will walk into hospitals with instruments on the back, their backs and claim to be music therapists. But they don't have the understanding and knowledge of the trauma that music can evoke. You know, there are beautiful, beautiful harpists out there who walk in with these gorgeous instruments that might not be attuned to the fact that maybe a harp might have such low resonant frequencies that it might cause nausea in the cancer patient that they're working with. So music therapists are um, person-centered therapists who walk in the room, who walk in the experience with the knowledge that they're going to tailor and carefully craft their musical experience in order to meet the needs of the person or the group that they're experiencing um, the music with. So um, music therapists, it, it does take a little bit of training in, in order to get there. Um, and in my opinion, I really feel as though we are undertrained and we need more tools and more resources before we can really fully practice and be really fully present and develop that musicality and develop the therapeutic approach with a lot of the populations that we work with. Um, but currently, music therapists here in the U.S. need to complete a four-year degree in music therapy and have 1,400 hours of, um, of internship hours and of clinical hours before we become eligible to take a board certification. So we have to complete the, the equivalent of a bachelor's degree. And then it's about another six months of, of internship and clinical field work that usually is unpaid um, and that usually we, we do it our interns do a tremendous amount to contribute to the facility, but right now there isn't that full recognition of 
of um, of monetary return for their for their service and their efforts. But that's a whole nother story. So after you pass this, complete the internship and you pass the program, then you need to, need to take a board certification um, to receive the credential here in the U.S. The credential is MT-BC, which stands for Music Therapist Board Certified. So um, you get your MTBC and then you can kind of go out on, on your way. There are programs that um, support master's degrees and there are doctorate degrees also too. I believe that there's one here in the U.S. that ha- that is a great doctorate program. Um, so let's see, if you're looking for music therapy schools to take you on this path towards becoming a music therapist, again, you can check out musictherapy.org. Um, personally, my background, I received my undergrad in music therapy at Berkeley College of Music in Boston, and I received my master's degree in Temple University down in Philadelphia. So that's a little bit about about my, my program. So licensure in a lot of different states, music therapy is a licensed profession, which typically means that it is eligible for insurance reimbursement. Um, insurance isn't um, something that in a lot of states music therapy can go towards because we don't they're not validated as a licensed profession. I know here in Connecticut we're experiencing that, so it's 2019 as I'm recording this podcast. And um, music therapist isn't quite licensed as 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 a profession here yet, but we're hoping for that in the future. Yeah, it's kind of skipping around to different interventions. I'm going to list just some of the names that you might might experience. So we have improvisation. Um, we might have instrumental, referential, and non-referential. So we might take instruments and say, hey, play something that reminds you of this word. Or let's just play free. Let's grab an instrument and see what we can create um, without that reference. Um, we might have song improvisation where we might take a little hook of a song and kind of explore. We might have voice um, where we use not instruments but our voice to, to tone and to create spontaneous sounds with. We might have body improvi- improvisation where we take the percussion through claps, through pats, through taps and create sounds with our bodies. Um, or even through beatboxing if you know how to do that, which is really super fun. We might have mixed media improvisations where we grab sounds in the room or the environment and create sound spontaneously to see what we can create. You might also have conducted improvisations where you take instruments and the therapist or maybe one of the, the participants in the group might come out and just explore having control over the sound which is really empowerful for for patients especially if they're stuck in the hospital or a program for for an extended period of time it can be such an empowering experience to allow the patient to take a lead so variations on recreative um, music therapy interventions might be to use instruments to recreate a song so I guess traditionally in, in my practice, I'll bring in a guitar, I'll play a song and have the patients kind of pick up a drum or percussion and, and play along and see what we can do. We can also use crazy instruments like xylophones or boom whackers or again, body percussion. There's just a whole host of things that you can wait, use to remix or recreate songs. Um, you can also do it just with your voice. 
just with voice and singing. Voice is so powerful. Um, musical productions. There are music therapists out there who will put on plays, who will um, recreate different uh, different uh, Broadway plays or, or songs or put on performances for the community um, and have that be part of the therapeutic process. There might also be recreative such as like musical games and activities. Um, so then there's like music bingo or um, I don't even know. Games and activities isn't something that I find easy to facilitate i seems a little silly silly to me to do that but there are games and activities find a music therapist out there there's some really cool ones on the on the internet that share resources so i'd recommend just kind of googling that if you're looking for more information there and then there's also again kind of con- conducting um so having a patient take like a Beatles song and I don't know switching sections around or having them choose what instrument they'd like to play here if it's a song that really is meaningful to them and they want to recreate it with their own flair their own own way they can be the conductor they can be the the master of the recreation process um so there's so much that you can do there so some composition techniques when we're looking at composing in music therapy might be to do like song parodies so you might take a song uh, there's music therapists who have rewritten songs in order to help them remember the protocol for their medical illness and help them become more aware of how they need to um to help keep up their health so for diabetes or Sickle cell anemia, for example, there are music therapists who have taken songs um, and have left spaces so that the patients would need to kind of fill in the blank and have more information instead of the doctor kind of spewing information quickly on their five-minute, you know, um, recap with the patient, their, their education piece with the patient. Music therapists might be able to go in there and take more time to help the patient process and retain information through a songwriting experience. Um, so song parodies, um, you know, can help people understand their illness, can help people understand what's going, th- what they're going through a little bit better and help them reflect on their experience. Um, so, of course, there's just regular plain old songwriting where you create something from scratch. Um, instrumental composition. So, oh, goodness gracious, this can be anything from like tossing together beats on a computer or an iPad and creating kind of magic with with um, this small resources that are available with t- in technology land and having the patient experience or the client or you experience some success and just kind of exploring what sounds sound like together. Um, or it can be, you know, choosing songs, instruments in a room and seeing what you can create. Um, it might be notational activities. So composition can also look like, you know, scribbling notes on a page and seeing what that sounds like or you know using different instrumental props to um to cue different things uh so using visual props to create music kind of spontaneously in a group or an individual session um and music collages too um there are plenty of different ways uh so songwriting could be lyric substitution. You can use your own lyrics. It might even involve like recording things too. All right. So receptive variations with music therapy 
can look like a host of things too. If you go into, so an awesome resource that I'm kind of pulling from is uh, Brucia's book on defining music therapy. And he has a whole list of receptive variations that I will kind of just quickly um, list through. Um, If you want some more information, you can kind of go back through. But these are examples of things that music therapists may or may may not do. Um, There's somatic listening, such as entrainment or resonance or vibroacoustic music or music biofeedback. There's music used for anesthesia, music relaxation, meditative listening, subliminal listening, stimulative listening, eurythmic listening, perceptual listening, action listening, uh, meditational listening, music appreciation activities, song or music reminiscence, song or music regression, induced song or music recall, uh, music communication, song lyric discussion, projective listening, projective sound identification, free association, projective storytelling, music dramatization, song choices, projective movement to music, projective drawing to music, imaginal listening, which is uh, directive music in- imaging, unguided music imaging, guided music imaging, guided interactive music imaging, and self-listening. So there's a lot of different receptive variations that um, that you can that you can incorporate. And of course, you can only imagine the possibilities within all of those. Um, oh my goodness gracious! So. Levels of practice. So music therapists can focus at a few different levels of of depths. Um, We can be anything from auxiliary to primary as far as like what we would function as as a music therapist. And it very much is dependent on the patient's, um, what the patient's needs are and what the therapist's skill set is. Too. So auxiliary might be just kind of functional use of music for like non-therapeutic related um, purposes. So it might be like going into a senior center and running music bingo. Like there's not a tremendous amount of outright, you know, music ther- like therapeutic intent in running a bingo session. I mean, sorry, it is, it is therapeutic, but it might not be therapy. Um, because certainly there's that sense of community. There's that sense of coming together. There's that sense of like reminiscent. Oh, that song's awesome. But really you're not taking that time to dive into the patient's, um, stuff. You're not taking that time to really develop that super big connection with a room full of, um, of people playing bingo. Um, so people might argue like against me, and that is that is certainly okay. But uh, so it's non auxiliary level is like a very superficial, non therapeutic related experience that you might be facilitating. So augmentative might be the use of music or music therapy to enhance other treatment modalities. So for example, I've worked with physical therapists in using music as a motivator to help a patient who is nonverbal but really loves music explore these different physical movements or balancing activities or to help them sustain the tension of moving and stretching and holding in one place and then letting it go. So you can do a lot with sound. You can do a lot with um, changing the texture and timbre of your voice to make it more relaxing and more soothing. Or you can add more excitement and you can add more dynamic to your voice to build up the sound, to build up the tension. So that would be kind of an example 
of how you might engage in in co-treating is that you might suggest different songs um, to help a patient. You know, if a patient is really excited about learning how to use a bat, you might use suggest to the physical therapist or gym teacher that you incorporate them singing Take Me Out to the Ball Game. And in the back of their head, they know to sing Take Me Out to the Ball Game, but sometimes they just need that extra suggestion and, um, and reminder that they are musical beings as well, and they can use the power of music to help motivate the person that they're working with. So augmentative might be um, collaboration with physical therapists, occupational therapists, art therapists, um, uh, speech therapists, any other kind of therapist. There's lots of therapists out there. Augmentative. Um, intensive is music therapy is the central and independent role in helping the patients um, address priority goals. So a lot of times when we are working with, um, as music therapists, when we're working really with, with kiddos with autism or adults with autism or babies with autism, um, autism, Rett syndrome, and often dementia, are diagnoses that I think of like as pr a pretty intensive, if not primary, um, therapist. We are we're really really helping people in a way that a lot of other modalities can't can't touch or can't help help access those those patients' levels of motivation to engage them in treatment, to engage them in wellness, to engage them in um, in activating themselves so they they can improve themselves. And then of course the last role, the last level of music therapy might be um, the primary level where we are the primary therapist that is helping them do the work. Um, and again this kind of requires like a, a higher level of training and a higher level of, of awareness of the therapist. Um, but it's really just helping the patient um, work really, really intensely through the use of music therapy. So, um, let's see. Love all other different types. So levels of music therapy practice might be recreational, kind of didactic to helping people um, for social adaptation or functional independent living. Um, there might be a medical focus with what we do, which is to help them improve, restore, maintain physical health. We might work psychotherapeutically and helping people find meaning and fulfillment in their lives, in their music experiences, in their everyday, um, everyday lives. So it might be that. Um, Healing might be another level of practice where we're using vibration and sound for restoring harmony within the individual and between the individual and their their universe, their family, their um, their workplace. Um, and ecological is another level that we might help tap into where we are promoting health within and between various layers of sociocultural community um, between any community and its physical environment. So it could be family, workplace, community, society, and cultural. Um, again, I'm getting some of these examples from Brucia's Defining Music Therapy, um, if you want to read a little bit more about it. Um, so in short, that's a little bit about what music therapy is, what it takes to become a music therapist, and a little bit about 
what we do and some of the levels of of work we do, um, how it can how it can help you is is a whole nother another piece and throughout these podcasts I will kind of intersperse little bits and pieces of wisdom about um, you know some of the bio bio processes that we experience in music therapy but um, kind of as an overall there's a lot of research um, that has music therapy is evidence-based so we have qualitative and quantitative journals that really explore what the benefits of music therapy are. We also have a lot of um, music therapy articles and research that are published in other journals, other allied health professions. Um, so it's not just music therapy journals in general. But just a quick list of ways that music has validated that music, uh, ways that research has validated uh, music's effectiveness. So here are some of our findings. Um, and I will try to produce a list of references that I've pulled some of these from on this podcast on the show notes Um, but there's music uh, can contribute to engagement in the parasympathetic nervous system which I will absolutely talk about I love talking about the parasympathetic nervous system reduction in our stress hormone cortisol it produces endorphins Um, it reduces but it can also elevate blood pressure it decreases um, so side note blood pressure it really, like any medicine that we take, like any experience that we have in life, we as human beings are individual, independent, autonomous creatures. And as such, we are responding to things in our environment and things in our everyday life differently than anyone else. We all have our own experiences. We all have our own passions. We all have our own stories. So in coming into that, everything we respond to is different. A common question that I get is, what is the best kind of music to use? And the best kind of music to use, according to research, is your kind of music. So whatever music brings you joy, whatever music brings you excitement, whatever music brings you relaxation, are the musics for you to listen to and experience and hold true to your heart, because those are the ones for you. So music, depending on the kind and depending on the patient, can cause usually a reduction in blood pressure. Again, using kind of the therapist's intuition and knowledge of what works, it can it can help your blood pressure for sure. Um, and if you're uncertain about what that music is for you, go get yourself a music therapist. Um, so it can decrease anxiety, it can depre- decrease depression, it can improve mood, can decrease pain perception and nausea. Um, it can change the genomic expression of stress in our DNA, in our genes. It can change the expression of stress and turn those impulses off. It can change re, uh, respiration. It can change GSR, which is our skin response. It can um, change our pulse rate. It can improve quality of life scores. It can sustain functional abilities. It can uh, provide opportunities for less anesthesia during operations. It can improve our immune system functioning. It can prevent burnout. It can um, create highly pleasurable experiences causing chills. Um, And it's a whole body experience and connects many regions of the brain, which again is a different um, podcast. I don't want to make this one too long, but there are just so many great benefits to exploring and knowing about the music in your life. So thank you so much for listening today. Thank you so much for tuning in to, to What is Music Therapy? And if you have any more questions, 
shoot me an email, Cassandra at thesoundofwishes.com, and I would absolutely love to answer those either in person if they're really, really personal, or I'll include them on another podcast in the future. So thank you so much, and I look forward to listening with you again. Thank you. I love you. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful you for you tuning in to explore your health at a deeper level. And I'm grateful that we are alive together on this planet so that we can work on becoming better human beings and really embodying our truest, fullest selves. Thank you. I love you. And I wish you harmony. <laughs>